0: As-salamu alaykum. welcome back to the Islamic History Podcast. I'm your host, Mutaki Ismail. Today I have a special guest with me, a brother that I met at, at uh, my local masjid several years ago, and I've been wanting to sit down with him and talk with him about his life and understand the journey that he has experienced as a Muslim in these United States. Uh, he started uh, from, it's a very long journey, um, he's an older brother, but I think this will give you a good insight and a good uh, perspective of the journey many african-americans have taken in our struggle to establish and practice islam in this country and so with uh, no further ado i'd like to introduce my brother and my friend brother wali muhammad brother wali assalamu alaikum how are you doing today
1: Wa alaikum salam my brother. I'm doing fine, all praises due to
0: Allah. Alhamdulillah. That is good to hear. Uh brother Wali, this podcast has an international uh, appeal and there are many people who listen to this podcast who are not who are first of all not Muslim and also are not African American and I I believe many people are interested in understanding the uh, the story that many African-Americans have had to go through in our journeys to Islam. So I think this would be a very interesting thing to discuss. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you have a wonderful story to tell us. And let's just start from the very beginning. Let's just get right into it. Uh, Brother Wali, when and where were you born? Uh, I was born
1: in uh, 1937. In a small town in North Carolina called Aiden, A Y D E N. Aiden, North Carolina.
0: Okay. And in Aden, North Carolina, it's a small town. Was it like uh less than five thousand people or perhaps more than that?
1: Uh <clears throat> I would say uh between five and ten thousand people.
0: Okay. And um what kind of family were you born into what did your parents do for a living how did they make ends meet
1: uh well i i was born in uh w- what i realize now uh, was a, a relatively poor family my 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 mother and father were both uh hard workers uh we worked mostly on the farm. We didn't live on the farm. We lived in, in the little town. But in those days, most of the people around who had a farm, they would come to town uh, when they needed help. And they would they would hire people out of the little town and carry them back to the farm. We would work on the farm all day or all week, depending on what the jobs were at that particular time. And then we would, they would bring us back to town, so that that was the way my mother and father uh, worked, and I and I, I guess so. Little, more or less followed the same uh, process until I finished high school, and when I finished high school, I left there and uh, moved away to to uh, Baltimore, Maryland.
0: Okay. Uh, growing up, did you have any siblings, brothers and sisters, who were uh, working on on the farm and back and forth between town and farm? Also, or was it just you?
1: Yes, yes, I had a, a two brothers. My mother had three boys, no girls. Okay. And uh, one of my brothers were were uh, somewhat handicapped. He 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 was not able to do that much. Uh, he I understand uh, according to what my mother told us was that. When he was a baby, <clears throat> shortly after he learned to walk, he uh, contacted the the disease that was going around that time called <clears throat> infantile paralysis, oh. a polio. Okay. And uh, it it affected him his uh com- his whole side his whole left side, and he sort of limp. And he, and he had carried one arm. Uh, sorted of to his side so he could only more or less use one side of his body. And uh my other brother who, who was old I, I was the youngest and the one that I just mentioned was the Miller child and we had an, an older brother uh also. So uh mm-hmm. that that was the, the way my you know, the siblings came along.
0: Okay. All right. And um as far as religion was concerned, I assume uh your family was Pretty much Christian at this time.
1: Oh yes, Julia. Oh, yes. My mother was a very devout Christian, and she uh, she would go. She was a regular church attender, and she would take uh, her three boys <laughs> with her to church just about all the time. We'd be, be stringing along with mom uh, just about every Sunday, mm-hmm. going to church with her, whether we wanted to go or not. <laughs> that that was almost a must okay and we go to church with her so so it was you know i I was more or less brought up uh in 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 the christian religion
0: okay was your father also a devout christian or was it just your mother who was
1: he he, no he he was not uh very much into the church he was a hard worker Mm uh a man who really he was actually my stepfather uh he mm-hmm. came, he, he came into my family when I was very, very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, I don't even remember my father. Uh, but, uh, my stepfather was the one who, who, uh, raised us, the boys and the mom and he helped my mom mm-hmm. and, uh, he just worked hard and, and, uh, was, was a good man. He, he, he didn't, he didn't, uh, I don't know of any, any bad habits that he had other than he would take his little drink on the weekends and he would sit around the house and, <laughs> and just uh you know more or less keep to himself mm-hmm. but he didn't he, he didn't get into the church thing too much.
0: Okay. All right. Um in a small town like Aiden and um in North Carolina, I presume race was was a probably a big factor. Did you experience I, I presume there's probably segregation, Jim Crow, or maybe I'm wrong. Did you did you experience racism? Or as a young child, did you even know about the um, the society around you and how race worked and and uh, aid in growing up?
1: Yeah, I I knew about it. Uh, uh, in my town, you know, I, I guess as it was in most of the small southern towns, uh, black people knew uh knew that place, so to speak, <laughs> and uh, we we my, I personally, my family never had any problems with, with the, the white people, but uh I could see uh, some prejudiceness from time to time. I didn't experience that much. Uh, I lived in, uh, on a street in my little town uh, that was right next to a white neighborhood and uh my my family lived in their last house <laughs> on that particular street so mm-hmm. when you when you when you passed my house you was right the next next house would have been the next area would have been the caucasian neighborhood so uh i, I was right next door next to them and uh you know we got along fine and i didn't have any problem them with them and uh, matter of fact there was a couple of my a caucasian uh, friends of my, my mother's uh, friends that I, I did work for from time to time. As a little boy, I would go and, and maybe clean the yard or pick up pecans or do do different little things to make make additional little funds, you know, to help out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we got along pretty good with them. We, we didn't have any racial conflicts okay. uh, you know, it, my family didn't anyway, but i I heard of the various things that happened from time to time. throughout the little town. As soon as I finished high school, I finished high school uh, when I was 18. And uh, I I, I always wanted to get out of that little town, you know, so I told my mom that as soon as I finished high school, I was out of there. And uh, of course she wanted me to get a job and uh, try to stick around, but my, my goal was really to go to college as soon as I finished high school right. and uh, uh, somehow or another, as, as, as it, as it happens with a lot of young, young fellows, I got involved with a little girl okay. and uh, wound up getting married <laughs> mm-hmm. at, at a very young age. And uh, so, so uh, we moved away. To, to Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> and uh and and that's you know that's that, that is where I heard Al Islam. I heard Islam at the age of twenty one.
0: Okay. The um the young lady who you um wound up getting married to was she also from Aden or did you meet her outside of Aden or yeah, She
1: was she was from a little town about seven miles from from Aden called Grifton, G-R-I-F-T-O-N. Okay. Grifton. And uh she, I met her in, in high school. She attended the same school that I was going to. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I met her there and uh, we we wound up getting together and, and eventually got married.
0: Okay. What made you choose Baltimore uh, rather than Charlotte, which would have been closer, or maybe Atlanta? Uh, why why did you choose Baltimore to relocate to?
1: Ba- Baltimore was... Uh, was was a little town that that I I used to my my mother used to visit uh, just about every summer. Uh, her brother lived there, and uh, so in the summer she she would go to take us to Baltimore and visit her brother. We would spend spend, spend time with him in Baltimore. So I was quite familiar with Baltimore. Okay. So when I got out of high school, that that was the city that I chose to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and seek employment because as I stated I, I was married I got married just before I finished high school so uh, uh, I went I moved to Baltimore and and that was where I sort of settled
0: okay all right so you moved to Baltimore with your wife and so how did how were you initially introduced to the nation of Islam and Islam in general in Baltimore
1: I was working uh for an ice cream company and uh, i was in charge of cold storage when they made ice cream uh, they would send it to me to a cold storage area and I, and i would catch it uh, as it came in and and, and store it away in 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 the uh freezers and put it in order whereby we could go back into the freezers and get it when we want it. So uh, I was somewhat in charge of that area. And there was a brother that came to the, the to the dairy uh, for a job and they hired him and they put him in the freezer with me. And uh, while working in the freezer together, uh, he used to teach me, he talked to me about Islam. You know, he was very, very, uh, Diligent little brother, in reference to Alice, to Islam in those days, the Nation of Islam, and he he he, he sort of uh, uh, stimulated an interest in myself, and uh, I and I told him I would go to the temple with him. And So I went to the temple with him on a Wednesday night, and and when I heard Islam, it it, it was uh, I heard the teaching, it it, it was just what I had been looking for, because prior to uh, coming, prior to hear, hearing it, my wife and I, from time to time, would go to different churches, you know, because we were we were religious-minded mm-hmm. uh, people, and we wanted to find a church that we could belong to. But we could find, both of us could always find something in those churches that we, felt that just was not right. So yeah. we never joined one of them. And so when we heard Islam, or heard the teachings and uh, the Nation of Islam, uh, it was just what we had been looking for. So we, we both became, uh, we both accepted and became followers of Honorable Elijah Muhammad.
0: All right, how long between uh, the time this young man began working with you in, um, in the at the ice cream place, at the ice cream uh, company, and the time you went to the temple uh to begin hearing the teachers teachings of elijah muhammad how long how much of a time frame was between that how long did it take for him to convince you to go with him to a temple
1: we work we worked together less than a year it was less than a year i don't remember exactly how many months he was there before i went to the temple with him but i know that it was less than a year based on the length of time that i was there at that particular job uh but uh he he was very convincing, very he was very convincing and he he was a very diligent little brother in, in the nation of Islam. And uh, he was very good at at what we would call fishing in those days. So he he convinced me that 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 was what I wanted to do of where I wanted to defeat. And of course I went went with him to the to the temple.
0: Okay, And the first time that you went, did you take your wife with you, or did she come along with you later on? Or
1: no, I I uh went alone and when I heard the the, the teaching I, I was so fired up and, and when I went back home I started teaching my wife and I and and I was teaching her just like I had known this long for years and... okay
0: <laughs> you're brand new to it
1: <laughs> and she yeah yes sir I I was fired up and uh I she she she, she, she told me that, hey, I, I heard enough, I'm, I'm ready to go, I, I want to join, I, I want to I become a part of it. I want to become a part of it. So, so she she uh, told me she wanted to go and it so happens that that Sunday mm-hmm. uh, the temple was going to travel to Washington D.C. and uh, Minister Wallace D. Muhammad was, mm-hmm. was coming to Washington D.C. to teach Islam and he he taught at the masonic hall in washington dc and uh so i took my wife over there and he was the first person that she heard teach islam and he at that particular sunday he taught yakub's history for 6 hours and we sat there spellbound all 6 of those hours and it was it was it was dynamite <laughs> And after that we, we were studying, study uh attending at the, the temple in Baltimore.
0: Okay, around what year was this that um you and your wife
1: Yeah it was in nineteen fifty eight in the month of May.
0: Okay, okay. So Imam Muhammad would have been very young at this time. He would have been a very young Oh
1: man. yes, okay. yes, yes. He he was he he was, he was he was he was young and he was as a matter of fact, um see, what, he was he was a minister. Over one of the temples. I'm not sure whether it was Philadelphia. He was a minister of one of the temples because Minister Farrakhan was there also. Uh, and uh he was he was even younger. He seemed like he was even younger there. As a matter of fact, Minister Farrakhan uh had a a song out called Black Man's Heaven. Uh, uh White Man's Heaven is Black Man's Hell. Yeah. And uh this was before he even put that song to to music he he had the words, and he at that particular meeting, he quoted the song verbally and he he sort of stroked on his little banjo while he was quoting the song before he even said it to music foot foot made a record of it okay. but uh he was there, and uh we, as we refer to, uh, Imam Muhammad is Minister Wallace D. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, he did a very beautiful job on teaching Yakub history as we taught it in those days.
0: Okay. Now, at this time, 1958, the Civil Rights Movement is probably just starting to gear up. Um, what was your experience um, at this time, as you're entering the Nation of Islam and you're starting to, you know, gain all these new teachings and get this new perspective on life that the Nation of Islam gave you, and now the civil rights movement is starting starting to heat up. Well, first, how were things in Baltimore? Was there a, a growing civil rights movement in Baltimore as well?
1: Uh, not a lot. Uh, we 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 had uh, some of our brothers had encounters with. The the police from time to time. Uh I know one particular brother who was a very good friend of mine. He he had a big fight with the police and they, 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 they beat him pretty bad and, and uh he, he was a very diligent brother. He took on about four or five of them and, and they and, and they had a hard time dealing with him. Uh but uh uh we we didn't have a lot of problems. During the civil rights area, Uh, but in in the early '60s, when they started during the burning and all that, you know, a lot of the uh, there was a lot lot of uh, uprisings going on in a lot of the cities, Mm -hmm. and uh, they they did a lot of burnings of buildings in Washington D.C. and not too much in Baltimore, but a lot of the other surrounding cities. Uh, I as a, as an individual, didn't get involved in in any of the civil rights action because uh, uh, I went to the temple and I sold the Muhammad Speaks newspaper, which is the paper that we were using at that time. And uh, no, as a matter of fact, when I first came in, we, we was selling a paper called Pittsburgh Courier. And okay. after that, we started having selling them one day. We, after that, the alumnus Muhammad moved this article to a paper called Muhammad Speaks. But uh, I didn't really have that much problem uh, individually with the civil rights movement. But I was quite aware of it. You know, there was a lot of things going on you know, all around. Okay. Civil rights wise.
0: Right now, um, you mentioned during that our uh, first uh, lesson under. Um Um, Imam Muhammad, at that time he was minister Wallace Muhammad Uh, you mentioned how he was teaching about uh, Yaqub now I know the story of Yaqub from reading the autobiography of Malcolm X but there are probably many people who are listening that don't understand the story of Yaqub and we're not talking about the prophet Yaqub um, Jacob in English Uh, if you want to if you are okay with it, if you can share what um the nation of islam taught about uh i think it was, it was dr yakub or something like that uh what did the nation yes. of islam teach about yakub at that time
1: yeah the 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 nation of islam taught uh uh a, 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 a story <laughs> I, I see a story an allegory uh mm-hmm. that was a little different from what uh, maybe some people might know of uh, of of Yakup, uh, but uh, we were taught that Yakup was a scientist, and that he uh, he uh, entered into he went into a a, a, a process of, of 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 making the white man and and, and, his, and the way he did it was he uh, put together two black people and, uh, and let them have children and uh, say let them have several children and then say out of the seven children he would take the the lightest one in that particular group and pair him with the lightest one in, in another group and let them have children. And then they, they would have so many children. And of course, out of out of that particular group, there would be some maybe just a little lighter. And he, he, took the, he took the lightest one out of that group and paired him with another lighter one in another group. And this process went on and on for 600 years. And of course, Yaqub, who was the one that started it, was not alive when it it was complete. But it took 600 years to complete it. And by by the end of that 600 years, they they, had migrated all the way up from from black to white. And he had created this is how the first white man came about, according to the teachings of Islam in in those days.
0: Okay, now, what was it about the nation of Islam? Was there anything specific that that um convinced you to join the nation of Islam, to accept Islam as it was being taught at that time by the nation of Islam? Was there any particular thing that attracted you to to the organization?
1: I think about the most uh, important the most important thing that 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 really struck me was what we were taught about how. Caucasians dealt with and treated black people. Mm. Uh, that was the main thing that, that, cause I had, you know, coming out of the South, I had heard of a lot of things that that Caucasians had did to black people and, and, how, and a lot of things that black people were involved in pertaining to white people. And uh, I, had, I, I, like I said, I didn't get too much experience personally because I, I personally did not get involved whites that much but uh i had heard of so many things and then when i heard islam heard uh, the teachings at the nation, at the nation of islamic the temples there uh it, it, it really touched me you know because uh see in, in the nation of islam in those days we were taught that the white man was the devil mm-hmm. and the things that he did to us were were evil very evil and uh and that that uh uh we were we were actually uh, uh God's people and that, that He hated us because we were black. So when I heard those things and I and so much more that was said about the Caucasian man, it just it just struck me and I knew that that that, that was what I want to be a part of.
0: Okay. All right. Now with Within the Nation of Islam, and um, I'm speaking as someone who uh, mostly observed the Nation of Islam, by the time I was born, Imam W.D. Muhammad had already taken over. We'll get to that transition soon. So um, th- th- we've always, I've always heard the process so that you can apply for an ex, and uh, that they have, yeah, they used to have the Fruit of Islam, their paramilitary group. Uh, in your case, did you have to apply for an ex, and how was that process if you did go through that?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, uh, that that was the first thing that one would have to do, to do when they when they accepted Islam, when they came to attempt to accept Islam, you would have to write a letter, and that letter was supposed to supposedly that letter would supposedly go to this, our savior, who we considered at that time to be uh, Master Farah Muhammad, uh, and uh, I had to write that letter, and as a matter of fact. It, the letter had to be written perfectly in perfect language and in perfect uh, 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 letters and what have you. So I had to write the letter about three times before it was accepted. If you wrote the letter, it wasn't exactly right. They they would they would reject it and tell you write another letter. So I I wrote it three times before it was accepted, and then uh, I I I got what we call it. I became, uh, uh, at that time I was Roosevelt, Mm -hmm. so I became Roosevelt 2X and I'm the 6th in Baltimore.
0: Okay, all right, that's interesting. Now, of course, um, the Nation of Islam had very strict Uh, moral requirements um they of course had no pork and no alcohol and many other moral moral requirements in order to join did you have any uh trouble or how was your experience uh giving up many of these things of life that you were used to before
1: none none when i heard islam uh, i went home i had pork in my refrigerator and freezer uh and uh, I, I cleaned out the refrigerator, threw all the pork in the trash, mm-hmm. told my wife, we're not having, we're not going to eat any more pork. And of course, I, I, at that particular time, uh, prior to coming to here in Islam, I guess I was like the average little guy running here and there, running after the girls and what have you. Mm-hmm. So I, I cut all of that out. I, I never did drink or smoke, so I didn't have to worry about cutting that out. Okay. But... uh I lived a pretty strict life. Uh, as a matter of fact, I guess I was one of we were called the fruit of Islam, the brothers who accepted Islam in those days. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was one one of the better ones as far as following the rules and regulation because I moved up in in the ranks pretty pretty fast as I came into the temple there.
0: Okay, so you did actually. Um joined the fruit of Islam. Uh, And for many people who may not understand the fruit of Islam was, and correct me if I'm wrong, because once again, I can only tell from what I've read and what I've heard others talk about is kind of like a uh, security force for the nation of Islam in a way. Um, If you want to explain what the fruit of Islam was to you and uh, just go through your experience rising through the ranks of the fruit of Islam, am I correct in saying that was Somewhat of a paramilitary group, uh, or a um, a security force for the Nation of Islam.
1: Oh yes, yeah. We we were uh, trained uh, very 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 carefully. We we uh we we were taught how to protect ourselves, uh, how to 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 uh, uh look after our families and and uh, what what have you, you know. We and we, of course we, we were out there with that. Muhammad speech newspaper we, we run to certain oppositions from time to time we had to deal with the public physically sometimes uh sometimes you might have someone that would insult one of our sisters uh because of the way they were dressed so we'd have to deal with them so we we had we had our little little scuffles from time to time we had we had to, had to pop a few heads and uh, from time to time, but, right. but we, we were well-trained. We, we, we had karate, uh, we did kind of exercises, uh, military training and all. So we, we were very militant, very well-trained, and very well-taught brothers. So we had no problem. And most of the people in the community knew that we didn't play and they would stay, stay out of our way. As much as possible. Every once in a while, you run into a foolish one that might be drinking uh, alcohol or something. And maybe he didn't know who we were, so we have to we have to introduce ourselves to him by cracking his head or what have you. Okay. And uh, after that, we had no more problems.
0: Alhamdulillah. That um that part of uh, that I don't want to call it culture, but that part of the of uh, the nation of Islam still exists uh, to a certain extent, not as serious as it was back then. But amongst, um, at least I've noticed it amongst uh, masters in America that are predominantly black, we tend, we do, still tend to be a little bit more astute when it comes to security than uh, masses that are not predominantly black. And I think this is something that our uh, Muslim brothers here in America and even in Canada, who whose ancestry may start from outside the United States, I think this is a lesson that something that they can probably take from us in taking their security into their own hands and being very serious about it and um, knowing how to protect their masters or worship their places of worship from anyone who may have um, ill intent. If that, if that, so to speak, if that ever happens, or even, even to protect women and children if if necessary, something I think uh, many of us should probably uh, take on. Now, 1958, I don't remember the time, the, um, you joined in 1958. I'm pretty sure Malcolm X had already joined by then. Um, what? When did you first hear about Malcolm X? Uh, now he was mostly in uh, Boston and then New York. Uh, and but when did you first hear about Malcolm X as a member of the Nation of Islam, or was it even before then?
1: Immediately, immediately, so when I came into to, to the Nation of Islam, Malcolm X uh, would frequent. Baltimore pretty often. He was a good friend of the minister there in Baltimore, Minister Isaiah Mm -hmm. Kareem. So Malcolm would come down to Baltimore from time to time and teach. And uh, of course, uh, there was a few times that he taught at at a a few of the colleges and various other uh, places around, and and the brothers in the temple would would go and attend. So uh, I, I met I was in the pump of Malcolm X very early in, in, in my uh, career. Uh, he, as a matter of fact, like I said, he he was, he had been coming down to Baltimore before I, before I even came into the temple there. So, you know, I saw him pretty often. Okay. Um,
0: what was your first impression of him? If you can remember, I mean, you probably saw him, saw or heard him speak several times, but before we're not we're not yet to the schism between him and elijah muhammad but before when he was built helping to build up the nation of islam what was your impression of him at that time
1: oh we we, we thought a lot of uh as, as we referred him as brother michael uh he was he he was a dynamite brother you know he, he he was he he was uh very well thought about by everybody that i knew that i knew of. oh and i know it was very well thought of by everybody in the temples there and uh most of the people that I ran to in the cities, every, everyone who heard of Malcolm Huck X, uh, or, or, or thought a lot of him. He was, he, was, he, was a, he was a very beautiful person. Very beautiful personality.
0: One thing I wanted to ask, I, I skipped over. How did your parents and family, your siblings react when you joined the Nation of Islam? Or oh, when, when they learned about you joining the Nation of Islam, what was their reaction?
1: Well, my mother, who was a very staunch Christian, uh, you know she she uh she she wouldn't question it because you know she she was watching me because she saw the big change in me you know and uh uh like she saw that you know i wasn't doing the things that i that i was doing prior to coming to islam and 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 that, and that impressed her so she she told me that uh i remember on one occasion she told me that she, she she didn't know whether what i was doing was right or whether whether what she was doing is if for the church was concerned was the right way but she said i seem to be very sincere about it and she wished me the best and i had no opposition from her now my grandmother at that time who was my, my mom's mother uh she she was uh, uh a little different you know she 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 you would talk against it, you know. She <laughs> she didn't try to learn what it was all about. Mm-hmm. She had heard different things, you know, I guess, uh that 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 uh she didn't approve of. And uh, so she 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 talked she she talked against it. But I didn't pay her any attention. You know, just to show her respect. I didn't disrespect her. She she didn't actually uh live with us. She from time to time she would come around. And uh, but my mother uh, didn't give me any opposition whatsoever. My brother, he just didn't accept it. He, he went to the military. My oldest brother went to the military, and mm-hmm. and uh, of course when, when he would come home from time to time, I would take him to the temple, and he disagreed with what what he heard, especially uh, we we had a, in those days we 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 taught we were taught about what we would call the mother plane. And he, when, he, when he hit things like that, he, he knew that that couldn't be true. He felt like that couldn't be true because he was a military man and he knew what could happen in reference to airplanes and what have you. So he didn't go along with it. But, and even today, he never accepted Islam, but he don't, he don't disagree with anything that I do. He, he, he showed me the utmost of respect and uh, so did my mother until she passed.
0: Okay, well, you, you brought up uh, something there called uh, the Mother Plane. I've heard of it, but um, I think it, you should probably explain what the Mother Plane was uh, to our listeners who are not that familiar with this.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We, we were taught in those days that that very, that bright star that you see up in the sky, it, it, it sort of stands out from any other stars up there and from time to time uh, that's, that star would appear appear to be closer, closer to us than other times. And uh, we were taught that that star was the mother plane, that it had been put up there by Allah and that that was a plane that was equipped to destroy America uh at, at at some particular time and uh of course it 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 was supposed to be equipped with everything that was needed to to destroy the mother plane and it was it, it was it was a very wild <laughs> teaching you know mm-hmm. but we 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 thought of that star as being the mother plane and the things that it was supposed to be loaded with was 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 mind-blowing crazy <laughs> thriller
0: Okay, now the um the nation of Islam, they uh, in mainstream Islam, you know, we have the five pillars, um, and we have the five prayers a day, we have uh, of course fasting during Ramadan, which we've just finished, and the zakat and making Hajj to to Mecca. Um, the nation of Islam did not have follow all of these rules as we know them now did they how was for instance prayer how was prayer in the nation of islam during this time
1: uh, in, the, in the nation of islam we we didn't pray we didn't follow the steps of prayer the the uh uh we we only the only pray, the way we prayed was just to stand and do and uh, make a dua with our hands outstretched, mm-hmm. and and we make a dua, uh, and and that was, uh, that was the way that we would pray. We, we would pray at the beginning of our meetings, at the end of our meetings, and uh, for various other times. Even when we pray at home, it was just a dua. The of Muhammad didn't teach us uh, to pray. Uh, the way that we prayed man, to go through the steps of prayer. But he did teach his ministers uh, how we were supposed to pray, but he said it wasn't time uh, we, to teach us uh, Islam proper. Uh, his teaching was to clean us up, get us out of the habits and, and out of the mentality that we were that's that the average negro was in those days and 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 to get us clean us up and, and put us in, in uh, decent clothes and so that we would be accepted in society by the intelligent ones in society and we said that there would be a time when when we would be taught Islam proper. So uh but as I stated some of our ministers Uh, He had taught them how how we were supposed to pray. Because I I remember I learned how to pray uh, in the the 50s or early 60s. Um, I I didn't learn the Arabic. We weren't taught, we were not taught Arabic. We were taught uh, the prayer, the the, the steps and what have you, the call in in English Mm -hmm. and the steps. I, I could do the call. And the steps in English in the early sixties, you know, throughout the whole prayer. But uh, we were not taught that. uh, uh, We were not taught to practice that. We were taught to do a du'a.
0: Okay, all right. One of the things that I've often heard about the Nation of Islam was its um, business practices, way it was able to help um, uh, black people create their own businesses and also how it had several businesses of its own that the nation, that the nation of Islam owned did you were, did you ever take part in any of its um business building efforts with the nation of Islam were you involved in any of these economic efforts um none, none other, uh, personally uh
1: personally I did not uh, there were several brothers who uh, did venture into various businesses but I didn't go into any business. I, I learned early uh, to, to, to uh, work with houses. I, I had a, a little experience from, from my, my early life about working with houses I could, I, I learned to paint. I, as a matter of fact, I was a painter. I was a painter and uh, I had a other, few other jobs from time to time. But I had learned to paint. So I began to paint professionally uh, after coming into the Nation of Islam. And painting in those days, painting and working with houses, I learned to do carpentry and and concrete work and all with houses. It took all my time. I really didn't have time to do anything else or to deal with any other type business. that that was the way I made my living. Okay. But there were a lot of brothers who did venture out into various businesses. Uh I, I did uh, uh the bean pie was 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 very popular mm-hmm. and uh it wasn't sold in the street so much as it is today. Uh we had a couple of bakeries that sold the bean pie. And at a period there I was uh managing a restaurant. I didn't manage it. yes, I did, we didn't manage a restaurant for a while. And uh we would make the bean pie and the rest and sell it out at the restaurant. So I had I did have the experience of taking it to a few stores. I did place it in a few stores. And uh that was about the most of my experience with the uh, businesses, business in the in the temple in those days.
0: Okay. Now I At some point towards the mid 60s, there is, of course, the very infamous split between Malcolm X and Elijah Muhammad. Um, How did you when did you first hear about this uh, split or when did you first hear concerns about a division between these two um, larger than life figures? When did you first hear about it? What was your reaction?
1: Uh, I don't remember what. I don't remember what year it was, as a matter of fact, uh, right now. But I, I was very much aware of it when it happened. As soon as it happened, like I guess the very day or the next day that it happened, everybody in the Nation of Islam knew about it because, and then, and then, it then it hit our paper, hit the, Muhammad, the paper, the Muhammad Speaks paper, and so it it was it was very well known uh, by all all of the members of the Nation of Islam. But I, uh, you know, I, I had mixed feelings about brother because, like I said, I thought of a lot of Malcolm, Mr. Malcolm, and uh, of course, I, I love honorable Elijah Muhammad, and, Hammett, and uh, so uh, my feelings were mixed. I tried not to to go too too far on either side. I just mm-hmm. because I I didn't know exactly what had happened. You know, we knew what we heard, so uh, I rather than take side either way. I just or to remain neutral. Okay. Well
0: what was the word back then? What did you hear back then as to the reason for that split? I mean now we have the oh, history in the books, but what what, what did you oh, hear yeah. back then?
1: Yeah, we, we heard a lot of stuff, brother. Uh we heard that uh Diana relies Muhammad was behind that. Oh you mean me you mean the, the, the now you have reference to uh him him the split? You have, yeah. you have room for the split yeah well, what wasn't okay yeah what was uh yeah you know, yeah then? well uh the honorable like, the, the 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 minister markham uh had made a speech at uh someplace i don't know where it was now at this moment but in his speech uh he stated uh about uh what was it that had happened uh Something had happened.
0: Was, assa- was it was it the assassination of JFK, or was it something beyond?
1: I, believe, I think, yeah, I believe it was. That was okay. what had happened. And and Malcolm said that it was just a matter of the chickens coming home to roost. And uh, that statement was uh, was was out of line. You know, the the did uh said that he shouldn't have said that. You know, I think it was a reference to the president. Yeah. So you know, because we, we had respect for for the the, the uh, government, and we had no problem uh, along those lines. And he didn't want any of the ministers speaking out against anything that happened in in, in, the, in the government uh, because it was bad reflection on this Islam. So when he made that statement about it was it's just a matter of the chicken coming home to roost. Uh, the unreliable Muhammad uh, penalized him for that. Mm-hmm. Gave him, and I, he told me he had to, he had to be out, put him out of the community for, if I remember, it was a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks or, or 30 days or something like that. It was a short period of time, but that that caused a, a split between him and the unreliable Muhammad. Uh, he didn't take that too good because he, he was a very well-known man he was a, a, like a national spokesman for the nation of islam so mm-hmm. so uh i don't know it, it, it didn't set too long too good with malcolm and it, it was not too long after that when he made hearts and and saw some things that caused him to disagree with some of the teachers of dama muhammad
0: Okay, so he made hajj and he saw um, Muslims practicing mainstream Islam. Before um, all of this happened, were you aware that Muslims in other parts of the world practice Islam differently uh, than the Nation of Islam? Or were you aware of the differences between the practices of the Nation of Islam and mainstream Islam?
1: Not that much, not that much. I I didn't, I wasn't... uh, fully aware, I, I had, you know, because I didn't, I hadn't, I hadn't studied it. I hadn't, I hadn't uh, looked into it personally. I've heard, heard a few things from time to time, but I do know that the Ambulized Muhammad did not allow, uh, the foreign brothers who, who were Muslims to come into the temples and we, he didn't allow them into the temples. He didn't allow, and allow occasions in the temple. Uh, uh, I, I guess mainly because it, it, the, as far as the, the foreign Muslim brothers, uh, he didn't want them mixing with us and 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 confusing us or uh, uh, interfering with the understanding that he had given us about Islam. So I, I had a I, I had a very little knowledge about how it was supposed supposed to be practiced, other than the mm-hmm. fact that I knew that the prayer that we were not going through the prayer because. I knew how to go through the prayer, but I didn't know how to say it in, 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 in Arabic. Okay. But,
0: mm-hmm. no, no, that's, that's good. So, um, eventually, uh, Malcolm X, he, he makes his hajj, he comes back from, he makes hajj, he also travels throughout Africa and a little bit in Europe, and eventually comes back to America. And, uh, my understanding is that at this point in time, does the, the animosity or the, or the anger between him and Elijah Muhammad, or the differences are at a very high level at this time and he is um starting his own organization um did you how was the feelings in the nation of islam and maybe maybe even within yourself how were the feelings at that point in time when malcolm x came back he is um, practicing mainstream islam he is the The rivalry, I don't say rivalry, it wasn't really a rivalry. The Nation of Islam was much bigger than his organization. It wasn't really a rivalry. But there was definitely a lot of anger and animosity between them. How how was uh, the Nation of Islam, or how did you perceive the Nation of Islam at that time as this was going on and this buildup was going between these two figures?
1: It didn't change my feelings uh, 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 about the Nation of Islam. I... I remained the same. Uh, I was just a little disappointed and saddened because, you know, because of, of the the disagreement between the two of them. But uh, like I said, I didn't get too much involved in it. I said that, you know, uh, I, I felt that it would work itself out eventually. You know, I didn't know that I had no idea that things would eventually happen the way that they did. Mm-hmm. But, I, I personally didn't get involved in it too much, my brother, because I was very, always very sincere about what I was doing, and I didn't let too much of anything change that.
0: Okay, and of course, eventually, um, Malcolm X was assassinated. Uh, where do you remember where you were and uh, when you first heard of his death?
1: Yes, I was, I was in uh, I was in in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Uh, I was I, I had I had uh, left Baltimore, moved down to Richmond, and I was in the temple there uh, when I heard of Malcolm uh, uh, being assassinated. So uh, it was it was quite disappointing, you know, and, and it was a sad thing, you know. But uh, you know I I just you know felt that it. It it was something that I couldn't do anything about, and and I didn't bother. I didn't get too heavy into it, you know. I didn't get too heavy into that.
0: Okay. All right. So, um, after the death of of Malcolm X, um, the Nation of of Islam continues, but uh, you were, at this time, you said you were in Richmond, Virginia. You had left Baltimore and moved to Richmond, Virginia, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So, around. 1970 or so were you still in richmond virginia or had you had you moved elsewhere
1: and around 1970 i was still in richmond i left richmond shortly after that and i moved down to north carolina and back to north carolina mm-hmm. where my home and i set up a little temple down there in my hometown oh, okay. uh well right near my hometown mm-hmm. uh and uh I I spent about ten years down there <clears throat> before I, I I left North Carolina again. So I I never went back to living live there anymore after that.
0: Okay, okay. So you actually established a Nation of Islam temple in close to your hometown, Aiden, North Carolina.
1: Oh yeah, in the, in the little town of Kinston, okay.
0: okay, that's that's interesting.
1: Seventeen miles from Aiden. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, I believe um, Elijah Muhammad died in 1975, I believe. Uh, I could be off by a year or so.
1: 75, you're right.
0: Okay, all right, and where were you? I guess you were probably in North Carolina at this time uh, when he died.
1: Yeah, I was I was minister of a little temple there in, in Kensington when, when uh, Elijah Muhammad passed and when Imam Muhammad became uh, the leader of the mm-hmm. Islamic community.
0: What were your feelings at that time um, about Elijah Muhammad's passing as well as leadership going to um, Minister Wallace at the time, but now we know him as Imam W.D. Muhammad? What were your feelings at, with this transition going on?
1: Well, as far as his passing, that, that, was, that was very disappointing, you know, But I knew that, yeah, you know, we knew that he was just uh, the man and that he would eventually pass one day, but it was still saddening. And as far as uh, Imam Muhammad, becoming uh, uh, the leader, we knew that he would be the leader when the al uh, Muhammad passed, because al-Malajah Muhammad, Muhammad had taught us that uh, Wallace, as we would call him in those those days, would be the one that would take over the leadership when he passed. He said that when he first heard Islam, and when uh, a massacre Muhammad, uh, as we would call him, mm-hmm. uh, uh, taught him uh, in the early days that at one period uh, Farad told him that there would be uh, one who would take over the leadership when he was when he was gone and he wrote uh, Wallace's name on the back of a the door there and, and uh, told him that that would be the one that who would take over uh, when when he, when he was gone so imized Muhammad told us that he told us that Wallace would be the one to to become the leader of the, of the community uh, once he was gone because Wallace had a, had, a, had a, a, a greater insight yeah. of, of Islam than than most of us did and and sometimes he, he sort of disagreed with some of the things that his father would teach us. Because he knew that it was not in accord with uh, Islam proper, mm-hmm. and uh, so as a matter of fact, a, a couple of times it, the Anwarul Huda Muhammad, uh, had to dismiss him from the Nation of Islam because mm-hmm. he 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 said that it wasn't time for him to teach that yet. <laughs> so he he saw sort of, he saw sort to of put him out of the temple there for a time or two, and and, and uh, but he, but he knew that that. Uh, what Wallace was saying wasn't true, but he wouldn't. It wasn't ready. He really wasn't time for the, to, the believers to hear that yet, because he was still trying to clean us up and get us ready for Islam. Mm-hmm. So now,
0: um, event. So Imam W. D. Muhammad uh, takes over the nation of Islam, and he does begin to transition to transition the nation from the nation of Islam towards mainstream Islam. Um, how did you feel about these changes that were coming through? I guess uh, if you can actually, before you even answer that question, can you tell us some of the changes that uh, that you heard about as a minister of a small temple? What were some of the changes that he began to implement early on in, in his career as the new leader of the Nation of Islam?
1: Uh, he, he, he got rid of... Uh... Did the fruit of Islam, so to speak, we we, we stopped uh, the, the uh, training that we were going through uh, as, as for, in the FOI. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, dis- he 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 got rid of uh, the 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 setup that we had as far as uh, investigators, uh, lieutenants, first and second lieutenants, captains, and what have you uh he, he broke all of that up he the, the eating of uh one meal a day which we was the way that we ate uh he, he, he said that you know he, that uh believe we could eat when I, you know, he felt like eating <laughs> uh, he didn't he didn't change the cook part he said but he's I mean, we did not eat certain things i'm mean, allowing like him to tell us to eat told us to be very sick in our eating and certain seafoods that we didn't eat like crabs, shrimp and things of that nature we didn't eat there was a lot of other food that we didn't eat also but uh i, I remember this figure uh, minister wallace said and every day he wanted he, he was glad to get that change because he wanted him some shrimp <laughs> so but he changed uh that and um Uh, There was a few other things. Let's see, what what else did he change? Hmm. Those were the main things that were changed, the the way that the temples were set up with the the arrangement of different people in charge. Uh, uh, The paper, we still sold the paper, but by that time, the the paper, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, shortly after that, Imam Muhammad changed the name of the paper uh, a couple of times. And eventually, it became the name that we have now Uh mm-hmm. uh that, So we still sold the papers, but not as much in the street uh, as we did. In the, in the nation of Islam, we, we, that was one of the things that we were obligated to do. We had, And, and there was a period there when we were, when FYI had to pick up at least 300 papers, each brother had to sell uh, they had to get 300 pages in, and it was supposed to sell them. I guess most of the, most of them did. I don't think I ever sold 300, but I sold a lot of them day and night.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but there were some brothers who actually would move to 300 pages a week. And uh, that, I guess, that was the main some of the main things that that were changed. There were, there were others that I can't remember come to mind at the moment.
0: All right. How did you feel about these changes? Were you okay with them? or did you have any uh doubts I was in the
1: with them. I was in the call with them because mm-hmm. uh I, I knew that, that Imam Muhammad was the one that was supposed to take over the leadership and uh I was in the call with following and whatever he told us to do. I had no problem with it, none whatsoever.
0: Okay, alhamdulillah. And at some point, the um if I, I just telling the stories that I've heard, at some point, uh, Imam W D Muhammad or uh, uh, the members of the Nation of Islam, which had gone through several name changes um, af- in his first couple of years, he had everyone take shahada. Uh, the Rasulullah. Is this true that everyone within the Nation of Islam took their shahada officially under him and? You can shed some light on that if uh, if that is true or how did you experience it or how did you
1: uh take no, your Shahada? No that, that that's not that's not true. Everyone in the nation Islam did not have to go through a shahada. Mm-hmm. the shahada was only uh, uh, uh practice as it is today to to, to the new people who come in. In the early days when women were coming to the temple, they would just have to write the letter. But under the leadership of Man mm-hmm. Muhammad. That when the person would come into the community, he take the Shahada. But not the, the believers who were already a part of the nation of Islam. We, we never took the Shahada. Maybe some did, but I, I never took it. You know, went through that.
0: Okay. All right. At some point, also, um, you would have had to, uh, you've said you already had the, uh, the steps of the prayer, even from the Elijah Muhammad days, you already had the basic steps and movements of the prayer. Did you also go through uh, a time where you had to learn the Arabic uh, to go along with the prayer?
1: No, no, we, ne- we never uh, got to a point where we through that. It-, it was always in English. Uh, it, like the call, we say "Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar." Uh, we uh, we would say, "God is the greatest." God is the greatest four times. You know, there is no God but Allah. It, it was all in English. We 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 never. It was not said in Arabic.
0: But I mean, when um, Imam Muhammad took over the Nation of Islam, was there a point of time or a transition where you had to start learning the Arabic or? or? Yes. Yes. Okay. It,
1: then we, then we, we, we uh, reached the point when he first taught us, he took us through a phase where he, where he was teaching us a knowledge of self. And uh, that, that was in depth. You know, we, after we went through that stage, then then he started teaching us Arabic, teaching us to, and, and teaching us to learn Arabic. Uh, he gave us gave us the prayer. The first of all the thing he gave us was, he taught us the prayer, uh, uh the opening, the Farad uh, prayer. And uh from that we went on to other other parts of Al-Islam, But that was the first thing that he taught us. Okay. To say to say the prayer. And then after we learn the prayer, we start learning the steps in uh, Arabic.
0: Okay. All right. Now we're getting close to, uh, we're actually over an hour. So I have a few more questions, um, and then I'll I'll let you go, Brother Wali. I don't want to take up too much of your time. But at some point, um, Louis Farrakhan uh, decided to split away from Imam W.D. Muhammad. Did you... Where were you, or did you hear about that? And what were your uh, what was your experience in hearing about Farrakhan split with Imam W. D.
1: Muhammad? Yeah, I was still in Richmond, and uh, um, uh, I uh, well, I, you know, I, I, I when Imam Muhammad took over the leadership. All of the brothers who were ministers of the various temples throughout the country, we would travel to Chicago once per month. And and uh the and 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 we were the Imam Muhammad and a couple of other people that he had appointed would teach us was teaching us Islam proper. And uh Minister Farhad Khan. Was among the ones who were more or less teaching us. But for some reason, he reached a point when he didn't want to follow uh, Imam Muhammad. Now, I never knew actually why, he never told me as to that, why he didn't want to uh, follow Imam Muhammad, but he w- he wanted to go out on his own. And uh, you see, Military Farrakhan became the national spokesman for the idolizing hammock. He was very well known and very articulate and uh, very liked by a lot of people. He more or less had a, a lot of people who, I wouldn't call him a following, but a lot of people who, who really were not in accord with him. So for some reason, he chose to just go out on his own and start his own little thing. On his own, started on, on. He 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 started. He he wanted. He went out and continued to teach Islam as the Reverend Elijah Muhammad was teaching it. Uh, because Minister Wallace had changed a lot of things, as I just stated earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the things that i that his father was doing, and so. Mr. Farrakhan didn't go along with that, all of it. But he, continu- he 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 went out on his own and continued to teach uh, Islam the same way that the Elijah Muhammad did.
0: Okay, all right. And so Imam W. D. Muhammad he led the the uh, organization up until his death in 2008. By the by that time, it had fully come into mainstream Islam. The uh, temples were no longer called temples. They were called masjids, and it was fully in line with um, mainstream Islam by the time of his death, really long before then. It was actually pretty much in line by the 80s, really, uh, with mainstream Islam. Okay, and now um, after his death, there uh, the organization, which is not really an organization anymore, is very decentralized, and uh, it's, changed, uh, it's changed since his death in the fact that it's not a one person at the top anymore uh, like it used to be uh, when Imam W. Muhammad was alive. How do you feel about um, the way the, the community is now? I guess it's probably the best way of, put, of uh, referring to it. How do you feel about the community now with, that it doesn't have um, a leader on top, but it's still going forward? It's still moving strong. The massages mess, the are still open and they're, except for the pandemic, still holding the, uh, the five prayers and the, and the Juma and everything. How do you feel about the the future of the community after Imam W.D. Muhammad's death and how it's going to go forward?
1: I see it been progress, but uh uh like, listen, I I don't know if anything anything that's happened in a community, in our community, uh that I disagree with even when the it, when nation of Islam and today. I, I think that the, the, the way that things are going on is the way that should be doing, be going, and and the best way for it to be going, to for us to make progress. I, I feel that progress has to be made, and I feel that like the way we're going about it now is the best way to, to deal with it. So I have no problem with, I'm, I'm 1% in accord with the way things are going.
0: Okay, Alhamdulillah, it's good to hear Brother Wally. Or Brother Wally, I want to thank you very much for having this conversation with me and sharing with uh, all of our listeners all of the um, the history and the knowledge that you have, exper- that you have experienced, uh, inshallah, it should be very beneficial for many of us to understand the struggle it took to to uh, establish Islam in this country and this, the struggle that many of us as uh, African American Muslims had to go through to get to the point where we are able to freely practice Islam in this country. And it's still a struggle, and, and the struggle continues. Uh, with that, brother Wali, I'm like to thank you very much, and just uh, one last thing I want to ask you, and then we can end end it after that. What are your thoughts about the legacy of the Nation of Islam? Now that the original Nation of Islam, as founded by Elijah Muhammad and um, promulgated by Malcolm X, how are your feelings about that organization, not Farrakhan's organization, that original organization, um, what do you believe is its legacy and, in the um, establishment of Islam in America? What do you believe is is the ultimate legacy and main lesson we can take from the uh, Nation of Islam? Um,
1: I think the main uh, legacy that we can take from the Nation of Islam is the way the the, 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 the discipline and, and and the way that the changes that were brought about uh and is still being brought about uh through the nation of Islam, I think that it was a very good thing because we as a people were in very bad shape. We we were we were pitiful. We were dumb, if and dumb really we, we the things that, and, and even today, I see some of uh, our people, so-called so-called Negroes, going through changes that is absolutely ridiculous. And we were a part of that prior to the Prophet Muhammad bringing, uh, uh, teaching us as he did, and teaching us to clean ourselves up, straighten ourselves, to clean up our language, clean up our, our physical selves, clean up our homes. Uh, clear of our neighborhood. i think it was a beautiful thing and I, I thank Allah for the teachings that I received uh through the nation of Islam and I think that that the teachings that that, that Farrakhan has been teaching is good, but at the same time I feel that now is the time that we should all move towards Islam proper as we we are doing today, and I and I and I noticed that Minister Far calling is uh gradually bringing his followers over to Islam proper, so it's beautiful. Uh, I thank lot.
0: All right, Alhamdulillah, that, that will do it then. Well, thank you very much, Brother Wali. This is a, a very good thing. Um, I enjoyed this very much. I learned a lot myself, and I'm sure many other of our listeners will as well. And just want to thank you again. And with that, brother Wali, uh, Assalamu alaikum, and I uh, thank you very much for um, for helping to establish Islam in this country. I
1: well,
0: thank you, my brother. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikumussalam. Alaikum